Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So Dana, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the rise and fall of FTX. So FTX was one of the biggest cryptocurrency trading platforms before its sudden bankruptcy that stunned the crypto world. Its downfall was one of the worst disasters the crypto industry has ever seen. And as of this recording, digital currency prices are down 75% from where it was last year. And a million people are left wondering if they'll ever get their money back. And the case is still very much unfolding. People aren't really sure what will happen next. So let's learn about the astrology of FTX. Yes, but before, let's just talk a little bit about cryptocurrency. So if you don't know what it is, you are probably not alone, even though it's really popular now. But crypto is a digital currency designed to work through a computer network that transfers the money between two people. So you don't need a government or a bank to control that. It's not when you, you know, send money through Chase or whatever to someone. The idea is that, yeah, that's just decentralized. So the first idea for crypto can be traced back to the 1980s, but crypto got big when Bitcoin came around in 2009. And I just want to preface with, I hope no crypto bro trolls come after us. We're really just trying to keep things top line here, people. If you want to learn about crypto, there's a lot of resources that you can look up. Really, we're here to talk about one thing. And However, if you are a crypto bro listening to this podcast, please DM us. I have some questions. <laughs> Anyway, Bitcoin used to be the go-to cryptocurrency on the dark web, but now it's very mainstream and it's the world's largest cryptocurrency. In the last few years, crypto has become increasingly popular thanks to Coinbase becoming a public company. And Coinbase is a cryptocurrency exchange platform and crypto has become more accessible and normalized on business news shows and more people are accepting it as payment but it especially rose in popularity during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Dana, what was going on during the crypto surge? So this was 2020 and 2021. And in December of 2020, there was a great conjunction in Aquarius. So this is when Saturn and Jupiter are at the same degree of the same sign. And this occurs every 20 years. It's always associated with cultural resets. Saturn entered Aquarius in March 2020, which triggered that. Um, major global and cultural turn. And Aquarius is a sign of technology. Saturn is established currency. It And Saturn in Aquarius is also linked to lockdowns, which was linked to widespread mental health deterioration and illness, which I believe is somewhat linked to this. The Mars, Saturn and Mars had a conjunction at zero degrees Aquarius in March 2020, which is also sort of associated to the great conjunction in Aquarius. Jupiter was also conjunct Saturn in Pluto and Capricorn for all of 2020. 
These are the planets that are the power players. Jupiter is about exorbitance, hubris, grandiosity. Saturn is about who's in charge and structures and breaking them down. And Pluto is all about literal plutocrats, people who are extremely powerful and rich. And so this is sort of the end of Capricorn. So it's signifying this birth into Aquarius. We were sort of edging here, I would say. Saturn was also in Aquarius square Uranus in Taurus for most of 2021 in this really tight configuration. Uranus's surprises and revolutions, and it's about advancing established currency forward. It's also It also was related to the shock jock trend, which was kind of related to this crypto boom, right? It was sort of related to these people who are saying other shocking things. And once again, Aquarius is about technology, Taurus is about finance. So it's sort of this really convenient square for something digital money to come into the zeitgeist. Interesting. Saturn square Uranus is a very literal yeah. crypto, which is super interesting. So this brings us to the man of the hour in this episode, <laughs> the CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman Freed. So Sam is 30 years old. He's from the Bay Area. His parents were professors at Stanford Law. And he's just kind of an awkward, nerdy guy. His hair is kind of insane looking. He has just this unkept mop of curly hair. He was kind of a slob in a way. He loved cargo shorts and he would just wear t-shirts to all these big meetings with super powerful people. So what's his big three? Because he is a weirdo. <laughs> okay, Sam Bankman-Fried was born on March 5th, 1992 at 9.51 a.m. in Stanford, California. and Not a Pisces man. <laughs> Our favorite. And I mean, I do have a longstanding crush on Blake Griffin, Pisces, noted Pisces man. But yeah, he's a Pisces sun and moon and a Taurus rising. So Pisces suns and moons are dreamy, creative, powerful, self-sacrificial, delusional, altruistic, you know, a little foreshadowing. They yeah. needed to hope for something more. And he's a new moon baby, which means he's about becoming himself in this lifetime and establishing himself, right? So being different is not, is maybe, you know, on the nose for a new moon baby. And also Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and his is in detriment in Virgo. Planets in detriment assert themselves differently and in their own style, rebelliously even. And he, in many ways, was a renegade for at least a period of his life. So he has a Taurus rising and the Taurus is you, your POV and your health. And Taurus is a sign of finance, investment, indulgence, luxury and security. He also has a 10th house Aquarius stellium and the 10th house and the midheaven are about our reputation, our career, our fame potential. OK, so Taurus is the sign of investment and finance, and that is connected to having Aquarius on the 10th house. Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, the planet of discipline and structure. And he has Saturn in domicile in Aquarius. He's an extremely strong Saturn. It's visible and it's in its favorite sign. Venus softens the stellium. Venus is attraction and money and it made him a, an attractive and trustworthy investment to people who were looking to invest in companies. So something about all of this is that I think with, with Aquarius and the Pisces, the Aquarius and Pisces influence, he's smart and he's powerful, but he also believes his own lies. Partially because he believes in himself, I think, but also it makes me think that he speaks to a part of the brain that's inclined to play the lottery, if this makes sense. Like some people want to be lied to because they want something to go all in on, I think. And also he's credentialed, which is another thing that millennials tend to place a high premium on to an extent. So when I just looked at his chart, I got that 
that song in my head that was so give me something to believe because I am living in a dream. Oh, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. it just really feels apt for him. And he also has Uranus conjunct Neptune in Capricorn co-present with the North Node in his ninth house. Um, Uranus is innovation, Neptune is creativity, and the North Node is this gravitational pull. And Capricorn's a sign of the man in the establishment. So these are generational planets, though. And it just sort of means that he's part of a generation that is changing traditions and systems. And he has a really big part in that. Dang. Okay, so a few things I think are very interesting. One, obviously his Aquarius stellium just from, you know, Aquarius being technology, but also as we'll come to learn, he is very into altruism and philanthropy. And that's what he was known for and kind of what his kind of mystique came from. And then also there's something very interesting that his whole chart is ruled or not his whole chart, but that is that Jupiter in Virgo. Because to me, Jupiter in Virgo is so insanely into details. And he was a math major and went to MIT and did all this stuff, which is did physics and stuff, which I feel is very precise mathematical calculations. And he also worked at this finance firm where it was making very minute calculations on risk. But then again, when it comes to his downfall, that's also interesting and I, because it's, you kind of know, he should have known what is going on in his companies. I think, I mean, Jupiter being ruled by Mercury makes me think that he is so good at details. And I feel part of his downfall was the Adderall patches he was, he was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sort of like when you get so into the details, you're not even making sense anymore. And if you're not sleeping and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's wearing cargo not- shorts to fill his pockets with something. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of theories on 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 that and the details, but we'll we'll get into it a little bit. Another later. thing that's interesting about this chart is that he also has Saturn conjunct Mars and Aquarius, just like the pandemic did. Oh, hmm. interesting. Big year um, for both of both things. Yeah, big year for crypto for Sam for the pandemic, but. Sarah mentioned Sam went to MIT for physics and math. Then he went to work on Wall Street at a small firm where he learned how to trade. And he noticed digital currency really taking off. So he left this firm and he started his own company. So he founds this trading firm called Alameda Research in 2017. And it's a hedge fund. And he starts making a ton of money trading crypto across different international markets. So he relocates the company to Hong Kong because... There's less regulations compared to the U.S. And he moves there with a small band of traders, including Caroline Ellison, who would become the CEO of Alameda and his girlfriend. And we're going to learn a little bit more about Sam and Caroline's relationship and their bywheel on a Patreon exclusive chart. These two are deaf weirdos on their own, but they're really weird together. So make sure to join our Patreon if you haven't already to get the info on this chart. So Caroline is running Alameda and Sam decides to create another company called FTX to trade crypto. And FTX stands for Futures Exchange. And FTX was built to be a new kind of exchange that promised a safe and efficient way for traders to make transactions around various cryptocurrencies. Because again, there just wasn't that many cryptocurrency platforms on the market. And it was this marketplace was for crypto investors to buy and sell and store all their digital assets. And at its peak in July of 2021, FTX had over 1 million users and was the third largest cryptocurrency exchange 
by volume. They were sponsoring every arena. Weren't they Miami's? Yeah. FTX Arena. FTX Arena. No more. (laughs) No more. Peace. So Sam moved FTX to the Bahamas because there were less regulations. So he could offer basically risky trading options that weren't typically legal in the U.S., So on the exchange, investors could borrow money to make big bets on the future value of cryptocurrencies, and you couldn't really do that anywhere else. So what was happening when FTX was founded, Dana? FTX was founded in May 2019 in Nassau in the Bahamas, and I ran the chart for the new moon in Taurus, which was ruled by Venus and Dutchman and Aries, and this was on May 4th, 2019 at 6.45 p.m. in the Bahamas. So this was the first new moon in Taurus co-present with Uranus. The full moon in Taurus in October 2018 was conjunct Uranus, but this is the first new moon, brand new, ushering in Uranus. Uranus is the planet of innovation. Taurus is the sign of finance. So this is pretty fitting. Uranus is also a little on the nose, wouldn't you say? Yeah, on the nose. (laughs) Then it was in the nose. I don't I'm kidding. I don't know that they were snorting anything. That's something I made up. The only reason I'd advise against starting a groundbreaking business venture on a new moon conjunct Uranus is that Uranus is a planet of unpredictability. And so it's indeed reflective of the willingness to take on more risk, which is not absolutely the opposite nature of Taurus, which is always about steady security and weighing every option. So also it's ruled by Venus and detriment in Aries. And Venus is one of the planets related to currency because it's a planet related to pleasure and thus indulgence. Venus is in detriment in Aries because Venus is a planet of attraction and relationships and sharing. And Aries pursues rather than attracts, which can make it impulsive and willing to take on risks, maybe without running through all the potential outcomes. So Mars was in Gemini opposite Jupiter retrograde in Sagittarius. And so this aspect is just ripe for lying to yourself. It's the aspect of giving yourself a pep talk in the bathroom mirror at a house party, I think. (laughs) So Mars is the planet of pursuit and snap decisions. And in Gemini, it wants to go after more than one thing. It has its eye on a lot of prizes. Jupiter is the planet of big ideas and optimism. And it's in domicile in Sagittarius, which makes it ultra optimistic. And since it's retrograde, it's maybe looking inward, which can incline, you know, oneself to egg oneself on. And Mars and Gemini opposite Jupiter retrograde in Sagittarius is also a very effective altruism. People who Mars and Gemini says, if I do this now, I can do, you know, I can if I do X now, I can do Y later. And Jupiter and Sagittarius is, yeah, man, that's it. We got this. We're going to be really good people after we die. It's sort of a spring breakers energy when they're they're talking about fighting themselves. And you're like, where we've really lost the plot here. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so Sagittarius definitely is a sign that wants to do good and sometimes maybe can get stuck on wanting to be remembered for doing good. And Mars and Gemini just loves to talk. Um, This is also occurring during Sam Bakeman-Fried's nodal opposition, which is something that happens at age 27. And it's the astrological correlation of the 27 club. Basically, we all go through this and it's plucking you off one path and putting you on another. um, And it will change your life. And so his south node or the transiting south node was in Capricorn on his north node transiting his ninth house of religion so this is arguably bad faith even though i don't i haven't watched him i don't know how he moves so i don't know if i think that he knew what he was doing but i i'm inclined to believe no i guess interesting well i also think too mars and gemini opposite 
Jupiter retrograde in Sag is so almost just being, we're going to do this, but you don't know how you're going to do it. It's very so big picture. And you're, we're going to do this though, amping yourself up. And you're, we're going to go to the moon. And yeah, okay. No <laughs> yeah. We like, can no do bones. it. <laughs> no bones. God, men just have this ability to lie to themselves slash believe in themselves in a way that's honestly crazy. They should bottle that and put it in our birth control because I would some. But right. the thing with him, though, is it's not like he was Billy McFarlane. He was really smart yes. and he knew how to make yes. money. Although I think Billy right. McFarlane also allegedly was smart. Mm, not he, There's no way he knew how to do physics. To fuck now, I think. Okay, but that's not MIT, Dana. <laughs> no offense to any Bucknell book now, but I, I think I, they would also I'm agree. <laughs> anyway. So FTX and Alameda are doing well in the wild west of cryptocurrency because crypto was this thing that there's no regulations on it. It's kind of just businessmen making a shit ton of money. No one really knows how. No one really knows where to take it. So the fact that Sam wanted to create a sense of legitimacy and ethics around the unsupervised scheme that is crypto made him seem super trustworthy, even though in retrospect, his business was in the Bahamas, a place where there were no regulations. Yeah. But he was this rare CEO in the industry when other CEOs didn't want regulation. He was going to D.C. and talking to people to make regulations on it. To me, that means that he he wants to be the one to make the rules, which means he thinks he's the which that's the problem with effective altruism. It's people who think that they're the most they deserve to be in charge and they're the most capable. But yes, it's also sort of this real pie in the sky concept. And so speaking of effective altruism, if you don't know what it is, it was this charitable movement that was very becoming very big with tech bros in particular that says you should make a ton of money so that you can eventually give it away to charity. So it's sort of no matter how I'm making this money, it's going to go to a good thing. So even if I'm making it in a shady way or crushing the man or whatever, you're like, well, we're going to give it back later. So it's fine. So it's kind of, yeah, a lot of rationalizing, would see, which seems Sam was very good at doing. But he came off as a humble guy. So people were inclined to trust him. So, you know... Sam seems a good guy. He wants to give back. He's trying to regulate. So he's the in America, he's the go-to guy to trust in crypto. And he begins making friends in high places and eventually becomes one of the biggest donors to the Democrats. But we would come to know that Sam wasn't as altruistic as we may have thought. It was later revealed that he was doing some shady shit. There was stuff going down between his two companies, even though he said they were separated, but it really seems they weren't as separate as he made it seem. Yes, because FTX and Alameda were closely linked. Alameda traded heavily on the FTX platform, meaning it sometimes benefited when FTX's other customers lost money. And this is a dynamic that critics would call a conflict of interest because (laughs) Alameda is a hedge fund. So basically... The I was listening to a podcast and they gave this metaphor that was imagine if someone invited you over to a po- poker tournament, but that person that invited you could see everyone's card. So it's they're able to see how much money you have. They know how to play the system because they have all your information. That doesn't sound really effective or altruistic to me. Wow. Burn him. <laughs> Sick burn. Sick burn, Dana. 
But yeah, Alameda was supposed to operate out of a separate office, but a guest who visited FTX said she saw Alameda employees sitting with view of computers displaying the exchange's trading data. Additionally, you know, this is juicier details that would come out later, but the higher ups of the two companies were friends. They hooked up. They all lived together in a penthouse. So it's not too crazy to think they would share information. So while Sam was rubbing elbows with big Washington legislators, he was constantly shit talking this one crypto guy named Shen Peng Zhao of Binance. And this is another crypto exchange. So Binance and FTX were just bitter rivals. And but it's weird because this guy also happened to be an investor in FTX. So yes. he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> So Zhao finds out about this and announces on Twitter that he's going to sell off all his, it's called FTT, and that was a cryptocurrency that FTX invented to trade on their platform. So when all the crypto bros saw this, they were like, holy shit, Zhao is dumping his money. I need to get my money out of there too. So they all rushed to withdraw their FTX deposits. And this is what a bank run is. It's when everybody just goes all of a sudden out of fear to pull their money out of something. Um, so what's happening when Zhao makes his announcement, Dana? It's so wild to me because it all is made up, but it all is so significant. I know it's weird. Be- this is re- this is what happened with Silicon Valley Bank recently. Yeah. It's this seems to be and we can kind of talk about this at the end, but this seems to be an era of this kind of going on. I just love well, Uranus is in Taurus. <laughs> yeah. Security, baby. I just love that, that, that you could be. All right. We're going to here's a marketplace. We're also going to invent our own money and we'll trade it. There's literally 20,000 different types of coins. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. So this is all to say, I don't fucking know what any of it means, but here's the chart. (laughs) So he announced that he was selling his FTT. So this was on November 8th, 2022. And this eclipse is conjunct Uranus and the North Node. So it echoes back to that new moon in Taurus that was co-present with Uranus in 2019. But this time it's an eclipse. It's, you know, a lunar eclipse. It's a full moon instead of a new moon. And the magnitude with an eclipse is extreme and the outcome is even more unpredictable. Plus it's conjunct Uranus. And Taurus is a sign of finance. Uranus is, again, shock and surprise. Eclipses are the closest phenomenons we have to time travel, to my knowledge. But I don't know anything about crypto. So again, who knows? So trust (laughs) me. But yeah, they make things happen that were always going to happen. So they rush time, basically. And this eclipse is ruled by Venus in detriment in Scorpio opposite the eclipse. So this also echoes the new moon in Taurus being ruled by Venus in detriment in Aries back in 2019. Venus in detriment in Scorpio, though, is in it's in detriment for different reasons. In Scorpio, Venus is, you know, the planet of love, seeks unwavering commitment or revenge, which this seems it was. So lunar eclipses are full moons plus wormholes. So full moons are periods of illumination and awareness. And this is shining a light on the whole picture. And the full moon being conjunct Uranus means that the sun and Venus are opposite Uranus and Uranus oppositions always show up as breaking news in our event charts. Um, Well, at least very frequently. And this eclipse is squared by Saturn in Aquarius and squares our aspects of tension, action and change and conflict. Saturn is punishment. And in Aquarius, it's also public ridicule because Aquarius is a sign of the collective or the populace. We also had Mars retrograde in Gemini. So the scene, this this is to me is the scene in Legally Blonde when Elle Woods throws a box of chocolates at the TV and shouts liar, if you're familiar. She goes, liar, <laughs> the beginning of the movie. And this is also the Mars return of the founding of the company, maybe because Mars entered cancer on May 15th, 2019. So the first half of the month had Mars in 
Gemini, and that's for that new moon chart. And Mars was retrograde. So this is about paying a toll. It's about going backwards. It's lingering there and it's forcing you to sort of look within. And also it's, again, about this revenge for stuff that's happened in the past. And also it's in Gemini, so it's gossip. It was all over Twitter. I was obsessed with it for a while. It was just sort of fodder. So I also put this eclipse around Sam Bakeman Freed's chart, and it was in his first house, so that means it's directly affecting him and his health. Jupiter retrograde in Pisces is conjunct his moon, which rules his third house and his south node. South node is can be what takes you out. He was also in his Saturn return, and the Saturn return is about paying your dues, being put in time out, you know, or prison, facing hardship, becoming an adult. And the Taurus Scorpio eclipse kicked off in November 2021 with a lunar eclipse in Taurus exactly conjunct his ascendant to the degree. So this series was bound to change his life. And Mercury was conjunct his Pluto in his seventh house. The seventh house is lawsuits and known opponents. It's the end of his run with power and power being, you know, discussed and degraded. Um, and Scorpio is relates to powerful people and, you know, seeking revenge. This eclipse also was the last one before the nodes entered his eighth house of investment. So he's losing all of his investments and funding and also losing the goodwill from others. Finally, Saturn was on his midheaven and he has Saturn in his 10th house, which means that his Saturn return was always going to be about his career and his public reputation. Also, Jupiter on his Venus at this time makes me think that he maybe this had to do with him sort of getting a little high on his britches. I mean, just being arrogant and maybe full of hubris, a little too confident. Because Venus is his chart ruler, and so when Jupiter crosses your chart ruler, it could feel really good, but you have to make sure that you're not overdoing stuff because the opportunity for access is really there. So everyone's asking for their money back, but the awkward thing is FTX doesn't have any money to give it back because in less than a week, the $32 billion company had to file for bankruptcy, and the damage rippled across the crypto industry, destabilizing other crypto companies and creating distrust of the technology. So you might be asking, how did this happen? Man, <laughs> people really aren't sure. Same. They're, they're still investigating. But what they think happened was that Alameda, the hedge fund, made a bunch of bad bets and lost a bunch of money. But instead of telling everyone they lost money, what happened was billions of dollars of customer money from FTX was transferred into Alameda to keep it afloat. And that is very illegal. <laughs> you cannot do that. And it was also a really bad thing to do to FTX customers because when you put your money into FTX, it was supposed to be a regulated platform and your money was supposed to stay there. But it wasn't. Oh, yeah. It got moved around to another company. So tons of people lost their money and they're not sure if or even when they'll get it back. Yes. So all of this was able to happen because remember, FTX is in the Bahamas. There's a lot of regulations that the U.S. has that you do not have in the Bahamas. So no one knew what was going on with this company. And later they would come to find out there was no corporate government standards. There was no board. No one even knew if there was a CFO. They can't even tell who was oh actually God. employed there. So and of the employees we do know, they're all children. They're all in their 20s. Not saying you can't be good at crypto in your 20s, but it's like you would be surprised that they would be working at this place. <laughs> as always. So, <laughs> And so today, Sam is facing very serious criminal liability. FTX was an international company, so there are investigations happening literally worldwide. And there's also bankruptcy proceedings going on at the same time. 
And it was recently announced that criminal charges against Sam so far will happen in two separate trials. So right now he has 13 charges against him relating to fraud, fraud conspiracy, and bribery. I think that's just in the U.S. So, Dana, what are your predictions for Sam coming up? Okay, so there's a lot coming up. So I had to look back at the past a little bit just to get a sense because I looked at the progressions and progression set stuff in motion. So his progressive return was June 2019. This was, you know, a faded story, seemingly peaks and, you know, planted seeds. Mercury re-entered Pisces in his chart because his progressed Mercury is retrograde. So it re-entered Pisces on June 5th, 2021. This is maybe, I think, when things start to go south or become real. Mercury is not strong in Pisces, especially when it hasn't had a lifetime to adjust there. So then Chiron is stationed direct on July 1st, 2021. And Chiron's a planet of wounding and punishment. And so this is the gears setting in motion for him to sort of, I think, accept part of his fate related to his wounding. And his progressed Venus enters Aries and his natal 12th house on September 25th, 2024. And I think this is when he goes to jail. Venus is his chart ruler. Once it enters mm-hmm. the 12th house, the 12th house is related to jail and banishment. So that would make sense. Mercury, his his progress Mercury crosses his moon on April 2nd, 2025, a few months later. And so this, I think, could involve maybe paying people back. Mercury. Yeah. Mercury stations direct again in his chart in September 2026. I don't know if this will be him making money again. Mercury rules his second house as well as his fifth house. The second house is about assets. The fifth house is about individuation and sort of creativity. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get really creative in jail. Currently, Jupiter is his time lord, and it's at his solar return. It was in his 12th house of prison, and it was conjunct Chiron, which is the wound, and Venus, which is his chart ruler. So that's pretty much a real big jail aspect. Damn. Yeah, Neptune's on his moon, and the moon rules his third house of immediate environment, and Neptune is confusion. It's also disappearance going away. And so I, I think that he just he has no idea where he'll be in the next year, although he kind of does, right? We all know he's going to jail, I think. Also in his solar Especially return. because his his weirdo girlfriend turned on him. But she also was about to be sentenced to 105 years in prison. So she really didn't have many options. Well, also, I mean, <laughs> the effective altruist thing to do is to sacrifice, you know, someone else's life so that you can get yours, so that you can do more for them in death or something. So also in his, in his solar return chart, he had a lunar opposition. So this is about going away from home. The moon relates to our homes. Saturn enters his 12th house, Aries, May 2025. So maybe that's when he'll officially enter prison. And then it'll be in Taurus in April 2028. So that could also maybe, I mean, I don't know if this guy's getting out, but maybe I, I don't, I don't know anything about how this would work. So I'm just going to say that Saturn entering Aries especially could be in, in May 2025 could really trigger him going into prison for a long time. Oh, I also did the chart for Uranus crossing its ascendant. And this is in May 2025. May 2025. It's a pretty crazy chart, so I thought I would talk about it. He'll be in a 10th house Saturn year, and so that relates to publicity. The moon is conjunct Saturn, and it's a dual activation because Saturn is also conjunct his moon. So this is going to be about emotional hardship and reverberations of his Saturn return and still having to pay that cost. And also, I think it's since his the moon rules his third house, his Cancer third house, that immediate environment, I think that's going to be him really having his environment stripped down. Also, the sun and Uranus are conjunct his ascendant, so this is shaking up his whole life and really putting him in the spotlight. Neptune is conjunct his Mercury in Aries in his 12th house, and this is a complete identity crisis and just sort of having a lack of safety and security. 
Mercury rules his second house, which is, relates to security and self-esteem, and his fifth house, which is about individuation. So, I mean, I think you're a number in prison. Oh, yeah, he's probably not going to have a good time in prison. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough time, and something, maybe he'll enter prison, maybe something else surprising happens, but it's a real, you know, shake up, I would say. Ooh, yeah, I mean, this affected a lot of people. A lot of celebrities who endorse FTX are also getting sued. I'm sure none of those will hold up in court. But still, I think this definitely will. This definitely has shaken up the crypto industry. It will shake up how celebrities, I think, endorse products that they know absolutely nothing about, except for our girl T-Swift. She refused to uh, well, not her, her very good lawyer, <laughs> looked oh, into yeah. FTX and said, hell no. But everyone else was like, I want that money. So we'll see yeah, what happens that. to SBF. And again, if you want to know more about him and his CEO co-lover, follow us on Patreon. Do it. Do it. With that, <laughs> I am Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Allegedly Astrology.